Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello from Los Angeles, Doug M. Hello from Austin, Texas, Dougie B. <laughs> we got a good one. Yeah, we do. You, you love that movie, The Suicide Squad. Big time. Right, the Suicide Squad. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, it's interesting that they just added that the to it, like the other one didn't happen. (laughs) But uh, that's what they did. And we got Polka Dot Man himself, uh, a man with a very interesting name. David Desmelchin is going to join us today. Oh, I'm so stoked. Schedule permitting. (laughs) <laughs> you know we could come back from the theme song and go nope he was too busy polka dot man sorry yeah he's sought after <laughs> but real quick Doug spell Desmalchin oh good god D-A-S-T M-A-L-C-H-I-A-N I think that's it whoa I think you're correct <laughs> there's no way <laughs> I'm not going to ask him uh, <laughs> let's go to work Hello there, David Desmalchin. Hello. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Doug. And Doug. Um, Doug's, (laughs) yeah. We got uh, our other Doug. We call him Melly Mel on the show to to differentiate between us. Uh, I'm DB. He's Melly Mel. Uh, And he's excited that you're here. Yeah. I'm coming up with new names. I want to come up with something new. So for, for the next hour, you're Doobie, Doug B. Okay. Doobie, okay. you're Doobie. And Dougums. I'm going to call it Doug M. Dougums. So okay. Doobie and Dougums. Doobie and Dougums. Great. I think we'll easily answer to those. Those are great. Thank you. And you can call uh, me anything you want. You can call me Alice. You could call me anything, really, I guess. Don't call me well, Shirley. Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> yeah, of course not. Uh, I wanted to uh, not call you out, but just call out uh, the some of your work. The uh, IMDb 
that you know the internet movie database i i know about it i've seen it i frequent i, I frequent it. the pages of it yeah it's a fun thing to check out when you're uh, looking up stuff but they do this thing where they go known for about any given actor and then it's uh they pick uh four movies unless you or your people went in and decided for you what your top four would be do you know if you've even messed with that i don't I don't think my people quote, I just got people by the way, recently, I haven't had people <laughs> for a long time and I just got people and I know that they did get connected on IMDb, but I don't think they have access to like my page. I think they have access to just like being listed as my rep. So I don't think anybody's messed with any, the things that like back when I started acting, I used IMDb where I would put like my resume or my reel on there, but I haven't done that in a very long time um like as far as like interacting with my imdb page you know so yeah what did, what you am i known like, for what am i known you for to pay a few bucks to uh you know get imd pro or whatever and then you can I, get in there and mess with it yeah yeah i use i do use pro i just ha i haven't uh you know <laughs> luckily i try to let imdb serve as my resume now as opposed to like i used to when i didn't have credits i'd like post things on there and it tr just, just trying to like come up with things to put on there. Like, Oh, I was in the, uh, the Logan theater production of a streetcar named as, or something, you know, like I put that up stuff on there back in the day. Um, but yeah. So what am I known? What am I, what did, well, here's the question, Doobie, what am I known for to IMDb? And what am I known for to one of my favorite cinephiles being yourself? Well, I definitely, you know, the, the one that springs to mind for me, just because it's so recent and so indelible, uh, is Polka Dot Man in The Suicide Squad. And it's um, it's in the top four. It's They put it at uh, in the third slot. Great. Uh, so that's pretty accurate. And then, of course, like where I and most people first noticed you or remember thinking back on you being there, uh, like it's your second credit overall on IMDb, I think was, uh, uh as Joker's thug in the dark Knight. That's right. Yes, it so was they... That's what started all that still <laughs> is probably the thing that I will get the most, uh, conversation about from people, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's just such a big movie to so many people. Like it was just, uh, you know, it yeah. was one, probably one of the last blockbusters, you know, like it was, uh, uh, there was Titanic and then Dark Knight came along and now like, uh, you know, it's a, who knows? I forget what's number one uh, overall, but it's probably like probably Avengers Endgame, Endgame or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it is. But, you know, but it was uh, it was a huge, huge movie. Like it, Dark Knight was one of the last movies, I think, that uh, everybody's first time was actually in a movie theater. Yeah. You know? I remember uh, going to see it in Chicago and the theater just being so pet. There was like a line down the sidewalk at the box office. Like how long has it been since you've seen that? How long has you pulled up to a movie theater and seen a line down the side or like gone into a crowded, like movie, like, ah, like a packed house, you know? Right. Like, and that went on for weeks because I went and saw it like four times in the theaters when it first came out. First <laughs> yeah. of all, I, I'd never seen myself in anything. And second of all, it was the 
greatest, like most incredible movie. And also, oh, 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 I, I, I see anything superhero related because I'm such a comic book nerd and I love superhero movies. So it was it was such a genre changer. It was such an evolution in the the way of like telling those kind of stories that like. It, for all the reasons, I went and saw it at the Webster Place, which I had worked at uh, for quite a number of years as an usher I, in Chicago. I went and saw it at the on Western Avenue at the at the AMC there like a couple times, and I did see it at a cast and crew local cast and crew screen. It wasn't like the famous people weren't there, but it was like all the Chicago cast and crew. They rented a movie theater for us um, one night that we got to go see it. Um, you know, it wasn't like a premiere, but we did all wear our Sunday best. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then uh, number two on the known for list is Dune. Oh, yeah. You know, Speaking huge. of another blockbuster, that's been huge. What an awesome surprise. I'm so glad that that movie responded, had such a strong response from people because um, I, I love it so much. Well, it's wild that, you know, it's the, the first part of a, you know, science fiction fantasy sort of situation. Usually the Oscars, it takes them like a couple installments before they uh, heap so many awards on something. But they just uh, uh, went for this one in like, what was it, like six categories that I think it won? Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. nominated in in nine and one in six, maybe, or it was not. Yeah. yeah, it was nominated in six and one in four. But I know... Um, so many artists who gave they you know you don't they, they just they, what they gave of themselves to get that film where it needed to get and what Denis did uh in his the dedication that he had to making that it's it was just it was frustrating and disappointing to me that he wasn't recognized as best director but it but but when i spoke with him you know i would never say that like well, sucks you didn't get nominated. Really. <laughs> but like although you know what a lot of people would do that which is so annoying like, like God, people can be so weird about the things they say. Oh, I don't know. But, but to him, I, there was not even like a faux. There's no like faux humility with Denis Villeneuve. He's genuinely authentically like the most humble person. I, I know he was so excited about the fact that so many of the people who'd given so much of their lives to help him make his film got recognized that like wow. he was genuinely like at home alone. Nobody's looking sitting in your underwear, scrolling Instagram, he was genuinely happy for, for his team and like could have cared less that he wasn't uh, nominated. Now, for me as his friend and collaborator and someone he has, <laughs> and, and, and his employee, I was fucking pissed. I was like, God, man, he's, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Like, I thought that uh, the, uh, there were some other films that were really powerful, moving, but when you talk about achievement in cinema and, yeah. and the, 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 the orchestration of, of the, the visual auto, aud, audible performative uh, artistry of what he conjured. And you look at what like was recognized as being a, a, a stronger achievement. It just makes you scratch your head. And, and you always got to remember, by the way, and Doug, I know you love the Oscars, but they are a bunch of, like Oscar Meyer, right? You know that. <laughs> a bunch of wieners. <laughs> it's well, it's all just a bunch of bull. Like at the end of the day, oh, yeah. it's like it's it's an yeah. agency system. 
you know, it's a, it's a campaign, it's politics, it's, it's relationship. It's, it's, it's Hollywood. I mean, in it's yeah. form, it is the, it is the, it is the metaphor for all things Hollywood. And it's funny, like, you know, it's why you just got scratch your head and you, and you remember like, that's not why anybody really does this stuff. It's fun. It's cool. It's neat, but it has nothing to really do with anything. Yeah. And like, uh, Peter Jackson won best director for the third one in the, uh, Lord of the Rings movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, you know they have, they have like a there's a bit of a learning curve, you know, but they obviously love him and his work because they they got so many nominations by so many different, uh, you know, all the different guilds, you know, nominated it because it's like special effects people nominate special effects and cinematographers, right. you know, etc. Right. So right. the fact that that movie was so beloved in all of those categories, uh, and he was in charge of all of it, like yeah, he he isn't. Uh, the, the nomination would be great, but it, it all it all happened because of him. And they're, yeah. you know they're going to come out with a second one, which I'm grateful for because it, did did I just uh, see on the internet? <laughs> did I just see on the internet that Christopher Walken has been announced for playing uh, the Emperor? Is that true or did, is that what? not true? Does We're going to say that you announced it on our show. <laughs> if it's, if it's you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Um, I have not heard that myself, but that's an exciting development. He would fit in pretty well in that world. That's weird. I saw, I was like, I was, I, I think it might've been Ivy. Christopher Walken joins Timothy Chalamet Zendaya in Dune part two. It's on wow. the Hollywood reporters website, guys. Righty. Three hours ago. Yeah. You heard it here first. David Desmalchin. <laughs> broke the story. See, you guys recorded this, what, nine hours ago. We've been recording this at 9 a.m. on Thursday, May 12th. So David Desmulch had busted his load and pissed off the studio by announcing Christopher Walken. Um, but yeah, that's exciting. They I, run these things by you, right? They'd call they you do. first and they say do. Walken's going to be in the sequel. They do. They do. And I appreciate it. I said, it's not necessary, but they feel like, you know, they really need to make sure I'm cool with it. So I said, all right, that's, you know, yeah. Walking. Good call. I like it. You know, walking has my favorite, my favorite Saturday night live sketch. And it's not, uh, it is, it is, it is not more cowbell. Right. Uh, it is not the continental. Uh, can can I take a guess? Yeah. Take a guess. The census. It is not the census, though. That's a classic. I love that it's one. Not. Uh, any other what guesses? About, could it be? Was he in the one where they were all in the South and it was really everybody's names were really dirty? Doug, Ben, I'm sorry, Doobie, you <laughs> get the prize. It's not everybody's name, only one person's name, and it's his. Oh, it's but restoration. He's a colonel. He's Colonel Angus, and it says, "Well, I'm a. <laughs> yeah. I, I never much cared for Colonel Angus. Always left a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Colonel Angus, you old carpetbagger. Um, it's the best, the best sketch. I can watch it whenever I'm feeling blue, whenever I need a little giggle. I either listen to you, Doug D Doobie, and and, <laughs> and Dougums, or I or I put on." The Colonel Angus uh, post Civil War sketch from Saturday Night Live. I've always been I've always been curious about Colonel Angus. I get so nervous thinking it's just so good. <laughs> it's so simple and such a simple dumb joke to my dumb brain that I I just love it. Um, coming in anyway. at number four, 
Yeah, number oh, four. We're almost done with your best known for. I, I love I love your answers, or, or I don't even know if these are questions. I'm just naming them, and then yeah, you, you have stuff to say. Um, Always. Uh, what did you play a character named Jude in? That is my most personal creation, a film called Animals, which I wrote. And it, if, it, if I'm known for it, it's probably because because not a lot of people have seen that film, but I it was the first screenwriting credit I got in a feature film. And we actually won a big award at South by Southwest Film Festival in 2014. And in many ways, although The Dark Knight really put me it was my break. The Dark Knight was was un, unquestionably my big break. I mean, you know, every uh, artist talks about well that that moment that you had your break or whatever. It was like for me, it was The Dark Knight. Uh, absolutely, I was a theater actor in Chicago, and all of a sudden, I was on set with you know Heath Ledger and Christian Bale, and 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 the next thing I knew, people were like recognizing me from this this role. Uh, but Animals, which I wrote and was directed by my friend Colin Shifley. It stars Kim Shaw, myself, um, and some wonderful Chicago actors, including John Hoganacker and John Hurd and a lot of great people. Um, my cat's going to try and join the conversation. Sorry. But um, that film uh, we made for like no money. Chris Smith, who's one of my favorite directors, he made American Movie, one of the best documentaries of all time and uh, tons of other great work. He produced, Mary Pat Pintel produced, and the movie um, premiered at South by Southwest and we we won this big award and Oscilloscope bought it and, and it. And I feel like that, even though maybe like the general public, that's not maybe something I'm known for. It must be I'm known for it because in Hollywood, it changed things a lot for me. I felt like it's what in, in a weird way got me into the MCU. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. The casting director, Sarah Finn, I think she had been at South by Southwest and saw the film and then met me and brought me in for Ant-Man. And I think Edgar Wright had seen prisoners and he had heard about uh, animals and, 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 and he wanted to meet with me about um, the film that he was making at the time. Uh, and, um, and then as a writer and, and creator in the months and years since then, it's just always been the like door opener where, you know, some, some uh, producer developer executive uh, et cetera was like, Hey, I, I saw this, this film and I, what else are you writing? Um, so, so if you haven't seen it yet, um, Doobie and Duggams and anybody listening, I, <laughs> Don't know if it's streaming for free right now, but I'll gladly send anybody the three dollars <laughs> that they need to rent it on Amazon or whatever. Um, but I'm very proud of that, and I'm glad that people uh, think in the in the recovery community. I do get a lot of like I'll get like on social media several messages, maybe even a week, that are like, "Hey, I." Cause it was on Showtime for a while, or it was streaming on uh, Hulu for a while, or whatever. They'd be like, "Hey, I, I saw your movie and." And it meant a lot to me. And that, that that's because, because I'm 20 years um, sober as of two days ago. And the film, even though it, it is all about addiction, but it's also about love. Cause I wanted to make a film about love and how, uh, what a weird thing love is. Um, that's what the movie's about, but it's in the, in the world of addiction. And um, 
so anyway, that's, uh, that's great. What, what, what may I ask Doobie? What do you, you don't have to give me four and Duggums, you don't have to give me four, but if you're well, that's Dave Desmolchin known for aside from being an exceptional lover and a great, um, maker of waffles. Like, what would you say? Like I'm known for. Well, just for, you know, uh, like I said before, for simplicity's sake, cause it just happened. And I, I just watched Polka it again Dot. on a plane the other day, uh, Polka Dot Man. But yeah. but but what, it, like, what kind of twisted brain does uh, James Gunn have to have us fall so in love with a character oh and, then, and then uh, el- eliminate him? Squishy and- McDoodles, yeah, man. Like <laughs> he, he has the most twisted brain, and he's also he's just such a great storyteller. I mean, he has the he has the courage to get you to fall, to create a character, take them on an arc, get you to fall deeply, you know, uh, in love with them. And then, and then sacrifice him for the sake of the story he's tried to tell. It's like James, James just, I'm, he's a human being. So of course he has fear. We all have fear, but I, I will say like following him on to set every day is such a joy it's such a comfort as an actor because he feels so fearless and it kind of imbues you with a kind of confidence in like what it is you're going to go do even if that is so weird like i had to do so much weird stuff in that movie like dance i don't like dancing i don't want to dance in front of a camera and know that people are going to watch it on hbo max (laughs) i want to i i like he just gets you to do stuff because he's just he swings for it, man. He's like, he's so fearless when it comes to the way he makes his movies. And I, if you look back at his work, you go, he's always had that like kind of crazy confidence in his ideas and his vision. Um, Cause his movies are really boundary pushing weird uh, things that have all this grotesquerie. And then in the middle of it, giant beating hearts. Uh, I, I love that. So yeah, he's, he he really he has no he has no qualms about like ripping your little heart out and yeah. stomping on it. Your character specifically though that was the toughest one to swallow. It was heart wrenching. Thank you. That makes me so happy. It was such a beautifully written role, and I'm so I I scratch my head, but I'm so grateful that he thought I was the right person for it and gave me such a great gift. You know, they even go back and show that you're definitely dead. Like oh yeah, they go, they, they go they, back they take, and they, they make sh- the effort to show the squished guts in the ground and and uh, and Harley Quinn being sad about it. Yeah, there's my ripped <laughs> my ripped uniform. I mean, there's no there's no doubt. There is there's splattered <laughs> viscera all over the streets of of uh, 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 I forget now. All of a sudden, at the island is called where we're we're having our battle, but it was Panama, uh, Cologne, Panama. Me and Steve Agee down there are running, running the mean streets of Cologne, Panama, which is where I uh, adopted my cat who's sitting here. I'm trying to knock my microphone over. Um, is your cat also named Doug? That'd be crazy. No, but Doug, uh, I want you both to know when we have uh, our next pet, the family debate is between Doug and Mark, I think Mark ended up winning out, but I really like both of those oh. names. Uh, no, this cat is named um, Abner, Bubblegum, Polka Dot Cat. And to keep things simple, she goes by just plain Bubblegum. Hi, <laughs> Bubblegum. She knows her name. She's looking at me like, what are you telling them? 
<laughs> well, let me pitch to you why Doug is better than Mark. Okay. <laughs> uh, because when you're yelling Mark at your dog or if you're yelling for your dog named Mark, it just sounds like you're barking as well. It just sounds like barking mm. back and forth to be like, Mark, bark, Mark, bark. And uh, it's just, it's just terrible to listen to. I'll take it if one do, step. If, if you do name it, Mark, add a middle initial or something. I like call it Mark L or something. I like that. So I you like have that. something more to yell that doesn't just sound like barking. Here's the, here's the, here was my debate about Mark for a cat, because if it's a, if it's a, if it's a, if it's a male cat and I yell at him, Mark, every time he lifts his leg and marks the furniture, <laughs> um, he's just feeling encouraged. Am I right? Right. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, that's Encouragement is just as important as treats when it comes to training an animal. So that, yeah. yeah, you've got to, uh, he's going to think um, I'm saying to go piss on everything and right. I'm not, I'm trying to just scold him. Um, why you shouldn't also name it piss. That'd be yeah, You should not. Uh, although I like shithead for a pet. That's a great name. Um, <laughs> I'm the jerk. I love it. I I'm very grateful that uh, polka dot man. I will say it's been weird having major films like Dune and um, the suicide squad come out during a pandemic because we live under masks and, you know, in a non public way, it's weird recently going out into public. I still wear a mask pretty much everywhere I go, but like either when it comes off or some people, I don't know how, but can recognize me. I guess I have such insanely thick eyebrows. They look like, um, they kind of look like what's his name from, um, uh, Barney. Uh, Oh God. What was Who's that actor? I can't believe I can't think of his name. Anyway, <laughs> I have I have these big eyes, but regardless, people do seem to be very um uh it's cool, it's nice. People are, you know, hey, polka dot man, hey, hey, f- where's your mother, you loser? Uh hey, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that the 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 whole bit with you see polka dot man seeing his mother in everything is uh is a great example of uh, James Gunn. Like it's hilarious and horrifying at the same time. Yeah. He's a, he, (laughs) when I first read it, I was just like, Oh my God. And it's, and, and then when we were shooting it, obviously, you know, I don't have a, you know, five story actor standing in front of me. This isn't like, you know, when they were making the Muppet movie and they actually had a 500 foot tall animal coming down a Western set, uh, to shoot at Austin Pendleton. This was actually just me looking at nothing, not even a green screen. Oh my God. But in my head, I had met Lynn, who plays my mom. Um, and you know what's funny? For a lot of the scenes that we did where the like there's a scene where I'm looking at the suicide squad and then I see my mother everywhere, I just used my imagination because go figure. But also there was the dancing sequence where they did have people uh standing in for my my mom and she was getting into these different costumes and looks and makeups so i did get to see her at different points especially when she was in her king shark i have to post it on on instagram or something at some point i I have this great picture when i first met her i brought her some flowers uh to introduce myself to her lynn the actress and uh she was in the king shark mother outfit which was just a big gray onesie um with like like gray paint on her face um 
And uh, yeah, that was so weird. I love it. <laughs> uh, we have to take a break. We have to do one commercial break during the show. And so we're going to do it right now. And then when we come back, we're going to get into your name, David Desmelchin, and how you feel about it. We're going to get into it. We'll get into it right after this. We'll be right back. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We are back and it's time to dive in. Growing up, David, how did you feel about that? How's the name David treated you? The name David, interesting story. Um, my mother always told me that she had intended to call me John, a uh, biblical name, John, um, after one of the apostles, because that was what she decided my name was. And she says that the day I was born, um, I had my fists balled up like I was ready to fight the world or Goliath. So she changed <laughs> my name to David as in from David and Goliath. And I always thought that was a really cool story. And I always felt like, um, I was, I, I had a little fight in me ready to take on the world because my mom told me that story so many times as a kid. So I loved my first name. Now, my last name was a different story. I did not understand well my father is was he's 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 moved on now uh is no longer on this plane of existence but when but what he grew up in iran and he immigrated to the united states in the late 50s and his name was Hossein Dastmalchin, and for and then he settled. He and my mom settled down uh, after moving around the country a lot in Kansas, which is where they raised um, me and my 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 siblings. And he worked for an engineering firm in Kansas. But um, Kansas, uh, in case anybody is curious, isn't the most um, receptive place to people from Middle Eastern backgrounds who have names that are different than your average name. It was, uh, it was an interesting, uh, place to be, uh, someone who is anything other than, um, kind of anglo uh, you know, uh, Midwestern. So I really did. I was, re I really didn't like it. Uh, it was long. I got so tired of, of, you know, teachers, substitute teachers, coaches having to butcher the name and kind of just, it was so, like, I wrestled in high school. Here's one example. We wrestled. I was at <laughs> Chanute, Kansas. I was uh, up next at 189 pounds. We've got David Desmat, Des what the hell is this shit? No joke. Over the microphone. 
What the hell is this shit? Now, anybody who remembers the movie Vision Quest starring the legend Matthew Modine, uh, mm. remember him staring down his opponent as they're waiting. 189 is, is one of the highest classes. The only class beyond that is, is heavyweight. So I was the last, almost the last match of a face-off tournament between two schools. So you're sitting there for about 45 minutes staring eye to eye with your opponent. And then right before you go on the mat to have some dude in his overalls slurping down his big gulp going day, what the hell is this shit? It's just, it wasn't great. And, and the, the United States relationship with the middle East obviously has been complicated for a long time, but in the eighties and going into the nineties, it was gnarly. And um, so I faced a lot of, kind of bologna sandwich stuff about that. And then I got into theater and went to Chicago. I was working um, in the theater community. I always dreamed of cinema. And there was really two casting directors in, in the city of Chicago when I was there who who really did anything that was that was that was big per se, other than the theater casting directors. But as far as film and television stuff goes, one was a commercial casting director. <laughs> and he would bring me in for everything no matter what didn't matter he thought i was a good actor he brought me in for everything. but the but the but the the casting director who cast like t- tv and film stuff because of my last name if it wasn't a terrorist or a, a cab driver i couldn't get seen for the role so i just didn't want to do it like i didn't I, I i didn't it wasn't what i wanted to do in fact here's a funny story uh i got an audition for a, a Larry, the cable guy movie. When I was a theater actor in Chicago, this is just probably a month before I got the dark night, but I get this audition for Larry, the cable guy movie. I didn't get any sides. Cause back then I didn't have like a cell phone or, or, or email or any of that stuff. It was like, you'd go to the room and then they'd have like printed out pages for you or whatever. So I was rehearsing uh, a production of Othello. I had to speed across town. It was a nighttime audition. The producers were there and I was like, I don't really know much about Larry, the cable guy. I think he's somebody that people think is funny. I don't know anything about him. Don't know about his movies, but I did love um, the earnest movies when I was a kid. So I was like, maybe he's kind of like a, an earnest of today. I'm not sure. I go into this audition and it was, he was playing like an FBI agent or something. And Larry, the cable guy is, and, and my character is a motel clerk at, written with a very heavy Middle Eastern accent uh, who refuses to give Larry, the cable guy access to uh, a key to the hotel. Won't let him check in because he doesn't have a credit card. So the joke was then Larry, the cable guy pulls out his uh, department of Homeland security badge and then I am, oh, scrambling to give him uh, towels <laughs> and uh, keys and all of this. And I just, I said, I, I can't, I can't, this is ridiculous. I can't do this. And then I remember this producer in the room being like, oh, what do you got to go back and do Shakespeare? And I thought, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I actually <laughs> in a production of Shakespeare right now. And, and I left and, uh, and, 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 and when I joined SAG, uh, you have to, you know, register your name as a performer. I actually used a, a fake last name. I, I used my mom's maiden, one of her, her stepdad's name, which was Payne. I was David Payne when I first joined SAG, uh, P-A-Y-N-E, because I was so embarrassed of my last name. And then I thought, you know what? F this. 
I, David Desmalchins, who I am, if people have a problem with my last name, they can kiss my ass. I changed, I, I had to call SAG. It was a big pain in the ass. And I was like, I want to be my real name, David Desmalchin. And they were like, okay, fill out this form, fax it to this place, do this thing, call this person. I did it. I fixed it. And, um, you know, du- you know, Doobie, you said, how was it growing up with that last name? You didn't know I was going to go on a 15 minute monologue about it, but I've been thinking about it so much lately. So there's your answer. I loved it. That's a great answer. I just wanted to say, going back to when you were almost named Johnny, that uh, I think it, for at least for show business purposes, you dodged a bullet there because I think the David Desmelchin is helpful because of the alliteration. Thank you. You know, it makes it a cooler name. Thank and, you. and then now that now that you're a known actor, you know, people are really accepting it like uh you know obviously you'll still have people spelling it wrong that's never gonna end sure but uh but a lot there's probably just a lot less people confused and dismayed by it uh these days right yeah and i i hope i don't sound like i have a chip on my shoulder about it i i i (laughs) i think that like the there was some real uh, what's the right word when it's not trauma but like just darkness like just negativity around the way people treated it. And you're, you know what? You're right. It is a cool alliteration. If you say it, pronounce it properly. I think it actually sounds cool. Dave Desmalchin. It's not like a terrible name, but like I even, I don't know where I got the, 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 the balls to behave like this. I remember I was so broke and I was at a, like a final callback for a, a commercial in LA. Cause I moved to LA in like 2011 and I was so broke and I was running over to Santa Monica every 15 minutes for a commercial audition. It was like a final callback for some, uh, for some product. I don't remember what it was. The room is packed with people. Like there's more people in a commercial callback than I've ever seen in a studio feature callback. It's bizarre. And the casting director or whoever was running the session, I remember it was like, brings me, there's like me and two other guys down to the final wire. This is it. This is, are you going to make the rent? Are you going to get this job? Or is it time to, it was one of those moments for me. And he, and he brought, I was third up and he, and I went to the middle of the room and he's like, and this is David Das Mohanya Henya like made a joke out of my last name. And I just turned to him and I go, that's not how you say my name like real serious. And then the producer everyone in the room went, did this whole thing like, Ooh. And then I was like, God, I'm sorry guys. And I just left. I was like, this isn't what I want. And you know what? I never went on commercial auditions again. I, I decided I was like, I'm here to make movies. I'll be broke the rest of my life. I'll, I'll scramble together enough work to like, just get by and do what I need. But like, and I'm not, by the way, I'm not pissing or poo-pooing on anybody that does. I think commercial work can be great for the, for people that do it and can get it. I think it's a great way to make money and it needs, you know, it, it fills a need for me, yeah. uh-huh. for me, I just felt like I was putting so much energy into trying to get those jobs that I needed to focus. I have a very limited pool of energy. I've got this little, this little Mason jar every morning I wake up, it has just this much juice in it. And every time I spill <laughs> some out, um, it just, it, 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 it's not replenished until the next day. And I was dumping the whole jar out by 11 AM in Santa Monica, uh, on commercial auditions. And so I just said, all right. And it really angered people I was working with at the time, but I was like, I'm just anything film and television. Uh, otherwise I'll just start writing and making my own stuff. And that's what I did. 
Well, it's funny because uh, Dougham uh, actually remembers a commercial that you were in. I do. Uh, it was a Wendy's commercial, but I think it wasn't too far after the Dark Knight. So I remember my yes. brain had a hard time wrapping my head around this character in a Wendy's commercial. Yes, I did. I did many more than one. So with with uh, <laughs> the Dark Knight came out. Uh, I had done one commercial before the Dark Knight that was a big kind of hit. It was it was it was a um, before Singular Wireless was taken over by AT and T. It was for Singular Wireless, and they had this whole dropped call campaign, and it was me calling my father in law, um, and the call drops in the middle of it. So he said, he, you know, I say hello, um, Mr. McDermott, and he says, oh, you're going to be my son in law in a few weeks. Call me Jim, and I go, okay, Jim. Jimbo, Jimmy boy, Jimmy crack corn. And I don't care. And the call drops and I don't hear him laughing. And I think I've offended oh, him. God. And I'm like, uh, hello, Mr. McDermott, sir. So that was the, the commercial. It was very popular. Actually, it ran and ran and ran. And the guy who directed it was Chris Smith, who happened to be one of my favorite indie film directors. And we became very close and he really he said he thought that script was terrible and that we made something very funny out of it. So then he got these Wendy's commercials right after I had done the dark night, but I hadn't made really money and I was broke. And he was like, Hey, I've got these terrible scripts. I think you could do something. We could have fun with this. Um, do you want to do this? These Wendy's commercials with me? And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah. So I went and, uh, and, and we started and we ended up doing them for like a year and a half. And we probably shot 30 commercials. And one of my best friends, Paul Peroni, plays um, the other coworker, and eventually a guy named Tony Mui, who's also really funny, um, joined the, the, the three guys on our lunch breaks. And I, that's how I learned how to be on set. It was doing those first commercials with Chris Smith and then the dark Knight. like the, that was, that was crash course in like how to, how to, how to perform for a camera. Cause up until then I'd been, you know, pretty Deck to the back row. Like, <laughs> make sure your eyes are big and expressive so everybody can see what you're doing in the you know twentieth row during matinee of dinner theater. Like, I had to learn how to get in front of the camera with with commercials and and the biggest comic book movie of all time. What about? Uh... Do people, do you, are you, you sound like you're okay with Dave, like people calling you Dave because you called yourself Dave. Yeah. I like Dave. I like Dave, David. Um, I like, I like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not, neither one, uh, has ever been like, I am this. Um, so yeah. Uh, no Davey though. I mean, I I'm down for it. If somebody wants to, you know what? That's not true. I have, I've known some people who it seemed like that was their endearing term for me. Like, Hey, Davey. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I dated a girl in, in college who her nickname for me was Davy Jones. Um, and I liked that. I thought that was, that was cool or whatever. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Did Davy Jones get into her locker? <laughs> really doobie really and you know no, what that was, you know that what was the Doug answer is said that <laughs> dogums davy jones did not get into her locker as a matter of fact uh she had never had anyone get into her locker and davy jones felt so much pressure about being the first person to open a locker that he decided <laughs> he was just going to stay above deck and swab the deck uh yeah in a forget more... that combination forget you ever knew it 
Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> and that's always been a weird thing for me. I've never, I've, I've, I, I, I don't know where my number of lovers is at in my life. But, um, when I think back to uh, anyone that has been a lover, I don't, I don't believe I ever check or punch someone's V card for lack of a better term, because when that opportunity did present itself, I always felt too much pressure. Like I thought I couldn't handle being that person for somebody. Um, so that's an interesting tidbit about Dave Desmolchen that you got on the show today, Doobie and Duggums. Wow, we yeah, we're it. definitely leading with that in the description of the episode. <laughs> Why um, he's never been a cherry popping daddy. Yeah. What uh what about your middle name? Do you have a middle name? And is how does that fit into the whole uh I do not I do not have a middle name. My parents decided that because our last name was so long and it also wasn't a tradition in Iran to give your child a middle name. I do not have a middle name. It was David Desmolchin. My siblings are Holly, Heidi, and Jeff, and none of them have middle names. And I was an again irritated uh, about my name because growing up, I always wanted a middle name. So by the time I got to high school, I had found this wonderful game that I played where I just created whatever middle name I wanted for whatever, not realizing the consequences that it would have down the line when it messed up, you know, all kinds of things with forms and signups <laughs> for things. And, you know, it was, it ended up being a bit of a problem. So I stopped the practice, but when I graduated high school, they had to say the name as I walked across the stage, <laughs> David, Harcourt Bravanovich Haas Destmalchin. I, I I wrote that in the what I wanted my my middle name to be. I think in the yearbook, um, I did like David Seymour Destmalchin at one point. I always was making up middle. I was I always wanted like a and and then and then and here's a tricky thing, you guys. I, now with everything being on you know digital, uh, filling out forms sometimes you you cannot leave middle initial blank on docu signs and it drives me crazy. And I used to, when, when you had to fill in that box, just put X. And so for a long time, I was getting government mail <laughs> and important mail to David X Desmolchin. And people were like, Oh, that's cool. What's your, what's your middle name? Is it Xavier? Is it Xander? And I was like, no, it's nothing. It's, it's nil. How I can't, I'm sitting here trying to think of how you would, how, what you could put in that space. Cause you, you can't put a zero to indicate no middle name. Trust me just a week ago, I was going <laughs> bonkers because these, I was supposed to start filming on something and they were like, you can't come on set until we need to make sure this paperwork is filled out. And I was like, guys, every time, what do you, should I just make up a middle initial then? Because if I, if I put something here, and trust me, this is going to come back to bite us on the butt later. Cause I, I think it might've been something COVID related, like, you know, your agreement to this thing or whatever. I was like, yeah, you're, it's, it's, it's not going to match the name on some other thing. And I, every time I just put something arbitrarily in there, it causes problems and uh, it was stressing me out. And so I, um, I guess I, I, let's, let's take a poll. How about everybody who's listening goes online and gives us their suggestions for what I should make my legal middle name be. Uh, I had so much fun putting middle name thought into our children. When Eve and I started uh, having kids, we like the middle name game was just as fun as the first name game. I thought. 
Well, it can be more fun because you can make it something a little bit more throwaway or goofy. You can get weird with it. It's yeah. not going to come up and let uh, mostly at the uh, person's discretion, you know? Yeah, totally. Cause you don't tell people your middle name if you don't want to. Yeah. Uh, but wow, right. no, no middle name and such a hassle to not have a middle name. Such a pain. Let's society, pain. society will not allow it. It's really ridiculous. Let's 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 band together. I mean, I mean, I know there's some semi-important things happening in the world right now, but I feel like this is the cause that we all need to really get behind. <laughs> yeah, no, you'll get a dozen, just dozen or more people uh, rallying uh, for this. I think. Um, Thank the, you. The, you maybe just go a polka dot man. I like that. As, I'm as down for Abner. David, or Abner David. David Abner <laughs> Dasmalchen. I think Abner is a pretty, pretty cool name. Oh, maybe. Is that because you're a baseball fan? No, uh, the polka dot man's human name was oh, Abner, yeah, Abner, Abner right, Krill. Right. Yes. Krill. I mean, that name is so perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Krill just says it all right there. <laughs> <laughs> He's not cool. He's a little scary, but he uh. means well. He does mean well. He was just, he was just hurting, man. Krill. <laughs> Poor Krill. Yeah. Cause there's Peter Quill. He's so cool. And then yeah. Krill. No. Oh, damn it. Um, <laughs> this has been so good. It's like, uh, you answer so many of our questions before we even ask them. Good. Um, I'm a one psychic. Thing, one thing we like to ask all of our guests is uh, what their situation has been with people named Doug in, in their lives. Have there been any important Dougs in, in your world? Yes, there have. Let me tell Could you. Give us some Let examples? me tell you about Doug. Um, so <laughs> Doug uh, Jones is a hero of mine. He's one of oh, the he's great, great. Yeah, he's been uh, on the show. Uh, makeup performance actors. One of the, he's like, you know, our, our modern day Lon Chaney. And for me growing up, all I ever wanted to be was Lon Chaney. I wanted to be able to get into the makeup and create characters, you know, and interact with, with makeup effects. Um, Doug Lerner is the older brother of my friend, Josh. And um, it's always, you know, interesting when your closest friends have older brothers, because you just, you know, they're, they're just, these looming figures uh, of, you know, I don't know, like is, uh, the grown up versions of, of us. I think my older siblings are always have this like power. Um, and then my, my wife dated a guy named Doug uh, who was probably one of her more significant relationships in her life. And he um, always seemed like a cool guy. And it turned out recently that we have a mutual friend. So I'm going to, I think we're going to try and like meet and hang out at some point, which will be really interesting. And I mean, he's now got a family and uh, has moved on in his life, obviously. I mean, they, they haven't been together in probably 15, 20 years. I don't know, but like, uh, but that's a name that like holds weight to it. Doug, you know, it's a, it's a, there's a lot of people in my life that when I think of the word Doug, uh, I get a lot of images and thoughts and feelings. And I, I was making the suicide squad when I, when I met Doobie Doug Benson for the first time, uh, who was somebody that I had 
always enjoyed watching on my television and who I always thought was really funny and insightful and, uh, and, and, and cool. And so, yeah, it was, we've now gotten to like interact a number of times over the years. And so I, I, I'd probably say you are who I think of first doobie when I hear the name Doug. Wow. That is uh, quite an extensive uh, report uh, on all of your Dougs. Oh, and, and God, how do we forget Dougie, honored. Dougie from, 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 from Twin Peaks, the Twin Peaks, the return, which I got to work on uh, Dougie, Dougie Jones was, uh, was the, 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 the persona that um, the Kyle McLaughlin, you know, became when he started to fugue out for a while there. I loved that. Interesting. Yeah. Cause uh, I think David Lynch is one of the few people that would like make, you know, try to use the name Doug for somebody that's cool because, you know, mostly it's a name for somebody that's kind of a, you know, a nerdier or, um, more soft-spoken character. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, David Lynch is the only person can pull that off. <laughs> yeah, unless it's like a Douglas, then that tends to be somebody in a suit and tie or a general or somebody somebody important that, that would go around insisting on being called Douglas. But interestingly, what, I assume because you're, you were starting out in Chicago, uh, ER is one of your early credits. Yes, I had one line um, and it was a scene with my friend who I didn't know at the time we met on that day. My friend Grace Rex, uh, actually we met at the audition, but we became very good friends. Um, but the scene was um, um, with, um, oh my, it was with Angela Bassett and her, uh, and her, and her husband, a wonderful actor. Um, they were their, 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 their son on the show was having a seizure in this. We were shooting in um, Lincoln park and, um, and the scene is me and, and my, my girlfriend are walking our dog in the park and we come upon this scene where, um, you know, we say, we see this, 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 this family freaking out because their, their son is having a seizure. So Angela Bassett and Courtney B Vance are freaking out. And, and I think I say like, should I call somebody? Or maybe it was like, should I call someone? Or um, <laughs> do you want me to call somebody or something like that? But, but here's the great story about that day. It was, it was, it was, you know, you don't even see our faces in the episode. I was, I waited like months for that episode to come out. I was so excited. <laughs> and then it finally came out and like, you don't even see my face, but what you do see uh, is um, Chicago looking beautiful. This was in 2000. Um, we filmed it in 2008 and the, country was in the midst of a very contentious and exciting for those of us who supported the winning candidate uh, presidential election cycle. And we were standing, I came out of my trailer after get fitted for my costume um, in the, which was out in Lincoln park in Chicago and Angela Bassett is standing there and I'm freaking out because I'm a big fan of hers. And she's, I, I we, we say hi and she's being very pleasant and her, her uh, friend is there with like her, her little kids 
And um, we're just, uh, you know, I'm kind of, you know, hi, nice to meet you. I'm not really paying attention. I'm so nervous about Angela Bassett that I kind of like, oh, hi, hello. And I, and I just am kind of standing there being like, wow, this is crazy. I can't believe I'm, I can't believe this is happening. And I look around and there is just security everywhere. And I, and I'm like, God, wow. Angela Bassett, like what's love got to do with it? So many great performances, but I, I can't believe she like needs like literally six or seven dudes with like serious expressions and like earpieces kind of security. Right. I'm like, this is intense. And people all over the park, et cetera, are like running to like with their cameras out. And like, it's, it's like, am I with one of the Beatles? Did I miss something? <laughs> and it wasn't until they turned to go that I realized that this, this woman and her kids that are staying there with us are Angela's dear friends. It was Michelle Obama and the girls, and they were in Chicago getting ready for the last stretch right before election night, uh, which was only like a week later. Um, and, uh, and then I was back down in Grant park a week later, celebrating, uh, the election of, uh, our 44th president. Wow. That is, uh, Terrific story to end our discussion on. So many more things we could have asked you. Uh, you're such a terrific guest. Is there, what would you like to uh, promote? Is there anything that people should go check out specifically? Okay. Get your yellow notepads, everybody listening. Get your notepads, wet the tip <laughs> of the felt pen with your tongue. I write a comic book. It's called Count Crowley. And currently the newest volume of issues are coming out on a monthly basis at your local comic shop. So wander on down to your old, good old neighborhood comic shop and pick up the latest issue of Count Crowley. And if you want to catch up on the story, you can buy the graphic novel that is available uh, anywhere graphic novels are sold online or in person. Uh, that covers the the graphic novel is a compendium of the first four issues of the series, which sets up the story. And now we're into the next uh, chapter as new issues are coming out every month in comic shops. So please go get Count Crowley and uh, I will um, also pay the three dollars and 95 cents for you to reimburse you if you get it <laughs> send an invoice send an invoice to doobie and duggums and say <laughs> don't send us an invoice all right dude uh doug mellard what do you have to plug I will be at the Blue Room Comedy Club May 26th through the 28th in Springfield Missouri opening for my pal Dan Cummins and I will be at the Richmond uh, Film Festival with our film, The Disappearance of Toby Blackwood, Thursday, June 9th at 10.05 at the Bowtie Movieland Theater. Come on and check it out and hang out with us afterward. And uh, again, pick up Count Crowley. You can get it here in Austin, Texas at Bat City Comics, a great shop. Go check it out. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. Oh, that's an awesome, awesome plug uh, tie-in there. Crossover, oh, can, can I give David a plugage? I want to say a quick thank you to David for being a uh, so open and honest about mental health stuff over the years. It's really cool that you do that. Thanks, man. Thank you. I um I think I mentioned it earlier in the conversation, but uh, May 10th was my 20th uh, anniversary of sobriety and um, I've been clean 
for 20 years, but that was just the beginning of the journey for me because uh, I was self-medicating my anxiety and depression with opiates for a long time. And when I got clean of heroin um, and realized that for me, because I have the disease of addiction, no other uh, controlled substances were going to be anything useful to me because it always made me just want to crave more heroin. I, uh, I ended up, uh, on the path of, you know, therapy and psychiatric care, which, uh, I think we just have to continue to dismantle and destigmatize all of the BS that surrounds that stuff. So thank you for saying that. And I'm grateful if anybody's listening and you feel alone right now and you feel like you don't have any hope and you feel like giving up, just go to SAMHSA dot gov s-a-m-h-s-a there is all the resources you need there to find anything uh that you may need especially if you don't have any money you feel like you're uninsurable whatever the fear is that you have of trying to get help uh resources are right there waiting for you and people who care about you are waiting to hear from you wow thanks so much yeah and um I was gonna do my plugs, but they're so not important after that. <laughs> oh no, no, Doobie! Give a, like... give your plug. Come on, give plug. Give, plug it. Plug right. it. Um, the Come and Take It Festival in Houston, Texas, where we were gonna do a live Wide World of Dugs, has been uh, unfortunately postponed to uh, November. Uh, but we're gonna do all the same shows and all the same stuff. It'll just be a weekend in November, the seventeenth uh, through the twentieth, I believe. And all of my dates are at douglasmovies.com. Thank you once again to David Dasmelchin for being here with us and uh, breaking down all all that all that there is to being named David Dasmelchin. You're the only one that can tell that story. Thanks, guys, <laughs> that was a really oh. awesome conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much. And as always, welcome to the DU. Got it.